I'm sure you're aware, if, if you've been here for the past couple of weeks, we're getting ready for something, right? <laughs> Next week, we're celebrating Easter. We're celebrating Resurrection Weekend, the time of victory and triumph over the grave and sin. And so during this time leading up to, uh, to that weekend, we've been doing this series uh, called Recapturing Lent. Many of us have heard about this time of season before Easter that's called Lent, and, and uh, it's, it's supposed to be a, a time of preparing our hearts, a, a time of uh, celebrating the most important weekend in all of history. One person kind of summed it all up by saying this, Lent is a time when many Christians prepare for Easter by observing a period of repentance, fasting, good deeds towards others, and other spiritual disciplines. The purpose is to set aside time for reflection on Jesus Christ, His suffering, and His sacrifice, His life, death, burial, and resurrection. And so we've been focusing on some of those themes that, that uh, are involved with that emphasis. Two weeks ago, Tony shared with us uh, about turning our thoughts, turning our hearts towards God. You know, we talk, he talked about brokenness and, and repentance and, and how during this time that we celebrate Easter, we should be thinking about how much we need God. Last weekend, we talked about getting our focus on God. We talked about fasting. And you know, it, it's something that uh, most of us really know little about and maybe even uh, practice it even less. But I hope that this week you've just had an opportunity to think about it, to think about a time that you could set aside. Uh, maybe you considered doing without something that's normally good and right, but uh, setting that aside in order to focus, to, to point our attention more towards God. And so today we're going to turn to another common emphasis during Lent, and that's sacrificially serving others. And we're going to look at this passage in, in Philippians chapter 2, and, and it's important for so many reasons. I mean, you could spend so much time in this passage and just continue to glean from it. But today we're going to focus on this. In a great church, they were experiencing some internal conflict. And the Lord wanted to remind them about the importance of serving one another. You know, there's a story about a little boy whose sister needed a blood transfusion. And, and the doctor explained that, that this disease that she had uh, could only be uh, taken care of by uh, someone, uh, by getting blood from someone who had already defeated the disease. And her brother, a little boy, had just uh, recently recovered from, from this disease. And since the two kind of shared the same rare blood type, they, the boy was asked, would you give your blood to your sister? And the boy kind of hesitated, you know, and, and he kind of quivered a little bit, but then he kind of straightened up and said, yes, I'll do that for my sister. And soon those two kids were wheeled into the hospital room and, and uh, neither one of them really spoke, but as their eyes met, he just kind of smiled at his sister. And as the nurse inserted the needle into his arm and, and as the little boy watched the blood flow through that tube, 
he was visibly shaken. And he said to the doctor, after it was all done, Okay, doctor, when, when do I die? See, the doctor realized that that, he, that that boy thought that giving up his blood meant giving up his life. And he was willing to do it. And you know, some are willing to give up their lives for others. But nobody has ever quite done what Jesus did. And it's really by understanding what he did on the cross that we're motivated to follow his example and to serve others ourselves. That's why we're looking at this passage in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 5 through 11 and, and this idea of sacrificially serving others. And in these verses, we're going to see that Jesus was the greatest example of serving. You know, I said some have given all, but not quite like Jesus. He's our greatest example. He was perfect, and we were imperfect. He was creator, and we were the created. He knew full well the cost, and he was willing to do it anyway. He, as one, had to pay for all, and even gave himself to, for those who at the time were his enemies. We sang about that last week, that idea of Romans chapter 5, verse 8. We were at one time enemies of God. Look at what these verses have to say. Let's look at verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. You know, this great church was, was having some of this a little bickering and in, internal, interpersonal conflict. And, and actually, if you want to look it up in, in uh, Philippians 4, verses 2 and 3, it kind of sets it out uh, most clearly. This idea of, of these people who just didn't get along. And Paul is saying, that's not what it's about. It's about serving each other. Verse 5 says, have this attitude, have this mindset, have this way of thinking. He says, this is, what, uh, this is the worldview that you should have. This is how you should see life. This is how you ought to approach life as followers of Jesus. So if Jesus is our example, how did, how did he approach life? I want to make a couple observations, so, so write these down. Number one, he did not think that he was too good to serve. Verse 6 says, Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And really the beginning of this verse is one of the strongest statements of Jesus' divinity in the Bible. Basically he's saying Jesus is God. But in spite of that, in spite of the fact that Jesus was top-notch at the top of the, the pyramid, I mean, no doubt, he is God. In spite of all that, he was not too good to serve others. He didn't regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. It wasn't something that he had to cling to or hold on to. You know, I, I think that's some, sometimes what we do. 
If we have something that we're good at, if we have uh, an ability or a strength, we don't like to not be doing it, almost. We don't like to let somebody else take charge over an area like that. We want to pull out our badge and say, hey, I know how to do this. I'm in charge. I got it. But Jesus did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. Jesus didn't leave heaven kicking and screaming. He didn't say, don't you all know who I am? Don't you recognize me? He didn't think that he was too good to serve. Second, he accepted a lower position than he deserved. Verse 7 says, but made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. He voluntarily laid aside the independent use of his attributes of, as God. He never ceased to be God, but, but he did not take advantage of his position and power. Instead, what did he do? Verse 7 says that he took on the form of a bondservant, a slave. And though he was God Almighty, and, and although he deserved to be served by others, he became a slave to everyone else. He allowed his life to be completely used to serve others. Third, he served willingly. Look at verse 8. Beginning of verse 8, it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. You know, we, we know from other passages that, that this was the will of God. This was uh, his purpose, Jesus' purpose as he came to earth. He knew when he came to earth that the cross is where I'm headed. But like we said earlier, he emptied himself. And then here he says he humbled himself. He served willingly. Number four, there was no limit to what he was willing to do. The second part of that verse, he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He was willing to die for others, but not only that, he was willing to die the cruelest death for others. You know, the, the worst man would suffer this punishment of being crucified on a cross. It was complete humiliation, complete torture. And he, was, and he was willing to take upon himself that type of punishment for everyone else's sins. Some have said that, that Jesus on the cross, is uh, he became the lightning rod of God's judgment. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 21, you can read 20, uh, but we're going to focus on 21. For he, made him, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's what we sang about, right? Did you know that he did that for you? I don't know about you, but, but that's striking. I mean, it's one thing for someone to die in my place, for me. But for the whole world, and not only that, to die a humiliating death. You know, there, there's a lot of, of applications that come out of these verses. I mean, think about it. Is there anything that I am too good to do for someone else? 
Am I sometimes willing to take the pain for someone else when I don't deserve it? Am I really a servant? Or do I still have some sort of hidden agenda? Do I have my own rights that I'm going to assert when the time comes? Or am I completely given over to Him? I'm going to serve God, but I'm going to do it kicking and screaming, right? It's not what I want to do. I'll do it if I have to. How far am I willing to go for others? Are there limits that, that I've set in order to say, yeah, I'll sacrifice a little bit, but I'm not you know, going to get too uncomfortable. Would I be willing to pay the ultimate price for someone else? To die in their place? And if I would really do that, which really uh, is not likely to have to happen, shouldn't my life show much more of a, of a servant spirit, of servant activity in my life? You know, so, someone once said, you can tell how much of a servant you are by how you respond when you're treated like one. So when somebody else is treating you like a servant, you don't say, hey, hey, Don't treat me like that. I don't deserve that, right? As we look at Jesus and, and the cross this week, as we focus on what he did for us, it has to call us to sacrificially lay down our lives for others. He is our ultimate example. He is the greatest example. But before we move on, I, I do want to touch on, on one other thing that's related to this. I want to talk about what sacrificial uh, serving is not. Some people have gotten the idea that, that this sacrificial serving, that, that this being willing to hurt or, or suffer for others is equal to self-mutilation, is equal to intentionally harming myself so that somebody can know I'm serious about my relationship with God. I'm serious about serving others. But you need to know that that's The, the enemy's type of work. That's what the enemy does, not God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, says that Jesus, that's not what Jesus was looking for. He didn't enjoy the pain. He endured the pain. So if God called him to endure less comfort for others, Jesus was saying, I'll do it. That's the point. It's not looking for it. It's not causing it upon ourselves, but if God calls us to less comfort for others, I'm willing to do it. That's the point of what Jesus did. When we have his heart, when, when we're willing to suffer so that others can have it better, that's what servanthood is all about. So really, during this time, when we think about Jesus sacrificially serving, why is it that we, as, as his followers have to kind of get into that mode. We have to say, okay, now that's not my natural way of doing things, but I'll try to work it out. Why don't his followers become a little bit more okay with doing some of that? And that leads us to, to our next point, the rewards of serving. You know, there's a price that comes along with serving others. You can see it in Christ. But there's also a reward. Look at verse 9. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What happened to Jesus? He went from, from the highest heaven, from the glories of heaven, to the lowest depths of hell. And, and based on, on uh, 1 Peter 3, 9 and, and the verses after that, some say that he literally descended into hell in his death. Now, I'm not convinced that that's what that's saying, but, but certainly he took upon himself eternal judgment for sin for all. You can't go lower than Jesus went. But verse 9 tells us that he could not have had a more dramatic turnaround. From the depths of pain, from the depths of, of loss and despair and, and really seeming defeat, right, at the cross, verse 9 says that, that he was then highly or super exalted. And now when you say his name, it represents all the greatness of who he is. It represents his glory. The greatest one in, in the universe. The, the one who did all that we talked about in verses 5 through 8. The result of that was that no one can compare with him. And he will one day be acknowledged and worshipped by all. Every angel, every departed believer, every living believer, every demon, uh, everyone who, who's lost and, and are sep- is separated from God because they rejected Him. All creation, the whole universe will see that He is Lord, that He is top-notch. He's above all. And the clear implication is that that sacrifice, that servanthood, is worth it. And so it's worth it for us to follow Jesus and His example by serving others. So, so what are our rewards as, as we sacrificially serve? First, God is glorified. When we look at Jesus, at what He did on the cross, we naturally say, why? Why would He do that? What is that all about? And we're blown away by, by the level of love and commitment that God has shown to us. And we just applaud Him. Right? Just like we did a moment ago. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Thank you. It's amazing. And the same thing happens when you trust Him. God gets a lot of credit. And He should, right? And closely connected with that, is the reward that, that others are changed. A big part of, of your reward for serving is that you get to see God change other people's lives because you served. Over the last two weeks, we, we've talked about some cautions, uh, talked about being careful about how we do things. And it's best exemplified in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, that uh, we looked at last week. Basically, don't toot your own horn. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't make it about you. But it doesn't mean that, that we're, we're paranoid that somebody's going to find out that we did something good for God. Actually, in Matthew chapter 5, right before Matthew chapter 6, 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
You know, it's important that, that people do see your good works that bring glory to God. And Matthew 6 just reminds us, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't make it about you. Another reward is that your life is blessed. We talked about Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 a, a second ago. And just like we said that Jesus is not a, a glutton for punishment, he's not looking for it, but he knew what was beyond the storm. He knew what was beyond that difficulty of the cross. It was for the joy that was set before him. Someone preached a, a message on this passage once and gave it this title, The Way Up is Down. So if you truly want to experience life, you must learn how to serve others. We're always concerned about getting higher, ranking ourselves among ourselves. But the way up is down, serving one another. So let's look at that. What, what, is it, what happens when we serve? One thing is that your life experiences good things. Obedience, faithfulness, submission is blessed by God. It's something that brings God's blessing on your life. You know, I was in the office the other day, and, and there were a group of, of about 30 ladies sorting through clothes, getting things ready for our, our clothes closet yesterday. And, and I can just say that uh, today, actually, it was this morning. <laughs> But there was definitely, you know, we, we're getting this job done, we're getting things ready, we're working hard, but it really sounded like they were having fun, too. It was something that, that they enjoyed, and, and that time together, it not only was serving, but it was a blessing to them as well. So what's another thing that happens when you serve? It helps you stay dead to self and more dependent on Him, more dependent on God. You know, through serving, we realize that, that life is not about me. It's not about uh, becoming more and, uh, and, and more, greater, and, and uh, seeing ourselves go up. It's being, becoming more and more trained to follow God and His ways. Again, this brings good things into our lives. And you know, when we serve, we get to know God better. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. When we serve, we can't get any closer to the heart of God. That's what God's heart is all about. That's what His example is all about in Jesus. When sacrifice for others and, and, and uh, when we sacrifice for others and, and we hurt a little bit in our lives, we realize that, wow, Jesus, I didn't know that this is a part of maybe what you felt. I didn't know that you died for this, to serve. And you know what, Lord? I love you more than ever because of that. You know, this weekend, some call it April Fool's Day. And... I actually read through the whole front page of the Chronicle before I realized, yeah, oh yeah, April Fools. You know, nobody wants to be thought of as a fool. Nobody wants to be thought of as, 
as the one who can have their life described in that way. But if you don't want to be foolish about life, listen to what one great Christian missionary said. He said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I think after uh, what we've learned today, we might say, you know, I'm not naturally inclined to service. It's not the thing that, that comes to me in an easy way, but it might be the best thing that we could ever do with our lives. So as we lead up to Easter, I, I, want, I want you to do this. This is kind of our takeaway. This is our, our decision. I want you to do a, a servant sign-up. <laughs> Will you sign up to be a servant of Jesus Christ? To follow Him? And as you do, let Him work through you to draw others. You know, if, if that's you, if you say, man, it, it's not the natural way that I do things, but I really see that God wants to do, wants to be my example in life. He was my example, and so I can follow Him. You can say, yeah, I want that to be true of my life. I want to follow His example. I want to serve others. Or, or maybe you say tonight, you know, I'm just realizing the, the true sacrifice that Christ made on my behalf. You know, as we celebrated the Lord's Supper, as we celebrated that, that time of, of recognizing the price that He paid, Wow, he did that for me. I need to take action with that. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you tonight and we are thankful for the example that you set through Jesus Christ. Lord, no one could pay a higher price. No one could become more of a servant than you. And Lord, we want to, in, in so many small ways, Father, follow that example. Lord, we, we desire to be a servant to each other. And Lord, in the midst of, of maybe that sacrifice, maybe that that difficulty, Father, that we would recognize you, that we would realize the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. And Father, as we come to this time of celebration, this time of, of excitement, Lord, this time of, wow, God, you are amazing, help us to put in practice what you've taught us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.